This podcast was presented by the Miami Rescue Mission Broward Outreach Centers, also known as The Caring Place. www.caringplace.org. Welcome to Mission Possible, the good news program sponsored by The Caring Place with campuses at Miami Rescue Mission and Broward Outreach Centers. They are celebrating their 100th anniversary serving the homeless, hungry, abused, and needy families. They continue to feed the hungry, care for the needy, and help rescue and change lives every day. Now your host for Mission Possible, the good news program, and the president of The Caring Place, here is Ronald Brummett. Good morning, South Florida, and welcome to Mission Possible, the good news program brought to you by the Miami Rescue Mission and Broward Outreach Centers. We are known as the Caring Place, and we've been caring for the homeless and needy here in South Florida since 1922. That's 100 years of seeing transformed lives. Good morning again. I'm Ron Brummett. I'm the president here. I've been here over 30 years, and it is a joy. It is an honor. This program is about good news. Uh, There's so much doom and gloom and bad things that are happening, and and we do have uh, things to worry about in some ways, but there are good things happening. I see it every single day. I see transformed lives. I see people making decisions to say, you know, I'm tired of living on the streets. I see women that are fleeing domestic violence that are coming to one of our centers that have just had it with with their partner. Uh, sometimes the women that are coming to us have two children and also are pregnant with another child. And I see this every single day. So be encouraged. Even though you know the gas prices are going up and down, the economy looks like it's uh, inflation-headed, the, the feds are raising the interest rates and everything that's going on in our country, but uh, people still have good hearts. You know, before COVID, we had over 9,000 volunteers every single year. And then when COVID hit it at its, its height in, in 1920, 2020 rather, in 2021, uh, those numbers decreased significantly. We're down to 1,500 volunteers. And yet we still have found creative ways for people to become volunteers. So as we celebrate our 100 years all during the year, uh, we're bringing back some of the things we did pre-COVID. In fact, in April, we're bringing back our Thanksgiving on Good Friday street celebration. This is where we close our streets down in Miami-Dade and in Broward County. We're going to have great music, uh, great food, great entertainment, special giveaways for the kids and for the parents and for the families. And then it all culminates on Good Friday where we actually have our volunteers washing the feet of the homeless. And what a sight it is. You know, many, 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 many years ago, uh, my wife, Marilyn, who's the vice president of development, uh, she thought of this idea, you know, why don't we have something uh, we have Thanksgiving where we have tremendous um, uh, outreach and we have we closed the street down. We're serving over 2,000 people, all those meals. And yet when uh, April comes and people forget about, you know, the charity months of the, of the fall uh, and donations are down a little bit and we want some representation in, in the community. Maybe we even try to get some news coverage to let people know what we do. Uh, she, wanted, she said, you know, let's try to see if the volunteers will wash the feet of the homeless. And I said, honey, that's not going to work. I said, you know, it's one thing for people to come out and to serve food and and entertain people and to see the needs of the people, pass out clothes and shoes and all that. But when you get down to having people washing the feet, I said, I don't, I don't think they'll do that. And was I ever wrong? And and since that, those many years passed, uh, every Thanksgiving uh, on Good Friday event that we've had. 
uh, excluding COVID, of course, we've been able to wash the feet of the homeless, and it's quite a set. We do it very, very hygienically. You know, we have doctors there. We even get Barry University to come out and do podiatry on, on the podiatry on the toes and the feet and, and even encourage people to seek further medical treatment if they need it. And so it is really quite a sight. brings tears to many people uh, when we see this. And you can help us during the, the, this Passover and Easter celebration that we're having uh, by simply going to caringplace.org slash Easter. That's caringplace.org slash Easter. You know, for $21, uh, you can provide 10 meals for someone in great need. You know, as I said earlier, I've been here over 30 years. Uh, I do believe and I see it. And you can come down and witness it yourself that hope often begins with the meal. We know that people just don't come to our programs because they love us and they want to get their lives back together. Many times people just come out, come to us out of desperation. They're tired of living on the streets. They're hungry. They're wet. Their clothes are terrible. They stink. They haven't taken a shower. They haven't washed it, uh, properly in, in maybe weeks or months. And they're just tired. And so you know, they want to come in and try to uh, get a fresh meal and maybe just stay for a night. And maybe they don't want to change anything else out of their life. But at least for that one day, uh, they're safe. They've been fed. Uh, they look better. And they've been encouraged to make a change. You know, you can the old saying that you can uh, have a horse go to water, but you can't make it drink. But I say, well, you can help lead a horse to water and make them thirsty. And that's what we're trying to do with our outreaches and our community outreaches. We, we're, we're reestablishing a special group of people. We call them the crew. And this is a group of people that come uh, to our center. They'll meet in Miami and Broward. Then they'll go out into the streets, and they'll take a van with them, and they'll pass out hygiene products and, and cards, and they'll pray with people, and they'll encourage people right then and there to say, you know, today is a day. You know, God sent us to you today. Do you want to change your life? Do you at least want to try? And we'll take them in the van, and we'll get them to the center, and we'll get them uh, into the programs. And, you know, uh, two years ago, they did that. I think 17 people came in on one day, and two of those people uh, completed the program. Not everybody completed the program. Not everyone stayed, but two of them did and are doing so much better. They're reunited with their families. They're living, they're living outside of, of course, uh, our centers. They have jobs. They have their own apartments and places. So, that's what it's all about here every day, seeing people that are hurt, seeing people that are broken, that come through our doors, and especially during our outreaches where we can actually ask people, you know, that normally never come to our center, that maybe uh, uh, two miles away or a mile away, they're living under a bridge, they're, they're maybe living in an abandoned building, and they'll see us, and as we go around and, and actually ask people to come to that event, they'll actually get into the, um, the van, and they'll come out, and maybe, maybe they'll make that decision to come off the street. And we're also serving so many other people. So for $21, you can provide 10 meals. I say, how can you do that at $2.10 a meal? Well, it costs really, if you put the real cost involved and if you had to pay for everything it would probably be over five or six dollars but we have wonderful volunteers that come out to help prepare the food we do have donated items uh, we do have to buy some of course but that whole food service in our centers are serving thousands of people every single month you know tens of thousands of meals uh, one year we did almost a million meals last year it was close to eight hundred thousand so that's a lot of food that's being consumed that's a lot of food that we have to prepare and we can't do it without the support of a community so again i encourage you 
uh, to go to our website at caringplace.org slash Easter. And somebody out there, I believe, can make a, a, a large donation. You know, we're really looking for people that, that want to do meals a month support. That's a monthly support. But at least for now, go to our website again at caringplace.org slash Easter. Now, we're heading into the springtime, uh, and everybody that uh, usually during springtime goes to their, their closets. They're doing something in their home. They're going to do something to make their house look better, change their furniture out. Well, many people don't realize, but we do have a thrift store it's located at 8700 Northwest 7th Avenue. That's 8700 Northwest 7th Avenue. This store is is a, a thrift store, a bargain store. We call it the Bargain Barn. And we also use this store to help train uh, our clients that are in our programs to learn soft skills of employment. Now, we're not going to make everybody a truck driver or a sales clerk. Uh, they may learn some of those abilities. But when they come to the store, they're going to learn responsibility, everything that an employer is looking for. Are, can they be there on time? Are they dressed appropriately? Do they follow directions? Do they take initiative? And so we try to help help them because for many many people that come to our programs that have been homeless for any period of time, they have a very spotty work record. And so when they go out into the work market and try to get a job, uh, people are looking at their resume, say, you know, you, you've worked here two months, here three months, there four months, and they probably are not going to get hired. Uh, maybe that's different in today's climate, but normally they're not hired. So we want to get them some training. We'll give them a letter that they've been trained at our, our facility and our store. And many times that, that is the difference. That's a tiebreaker for them to get a future job. So you can visit our store at 8700 Northwest 7th Avenue in Miami or uh, during our spring cleaning uh, bonanza that we're going through. We'll do this for all during the spring. It's called our Donate with a Purpose, repurpose your, your furniture, your clothing, your appliances, and, and we have trucks that will come out and pick these items up. But if you can help us even further, if it's small uh, items that can fit in your car or your truck, we'd like you to drop them by the store or one of our many uh, drop-off points. So you can go to caringplace.org slash thrift. That's caringplace.org slash thrift. You know, I'm, I'm looking back at our last hundred years, and we're going to talk more about this as we continue this year we're looking for a big gala in the fall and we're having some other things that we're doing that are very exciting and yet we still have the homeless with us and i'm so grateful on a personal note um, many know of my story uh, if you're new turning in my name is ron brummett i'm the president and actually over 30 years ago i was homeless and i was walking the streets of miami and i entered the, the, the miami rescue mission and my whole life was changed and that's what we want to do every day is to help other people see changed lives well god bless you stay tuned right here on news radio 610 wiod for more mission possible Leon Navarro here, the Senior Community Development Associate for the Miami Rescue Mission and the Broward Outreach Centers, also known as the Caring Place. I'm so excited. We have on the phone today with us a personal friend at this time, uh, amazing <laughs> cover girl, professional photographer, Maggie Lenz. Welcome, Maggie. Thank you for joining us. Thank you so much for having me, Leon. Maggie, thank you so much again. I know that I've you know, I already thank you a, a few times, right? Uh, but I, but I need to thank you once again because what we did together recently uh, was something that we we have so many reasons to be grateful to you. I mean, for many things, uh, but specifically with the most recent involvement uh, from you, and that was the the pictures, the professional pictures that you took for Noelia 
our quinceañera. Uh, thank you for that. I want to go into the experience. I want to go into your business. I want to go into so many things, but I want to be considerate of our audience. And for those of you that are listening and you do not know what a quinceañera is, I must tell you, this is a uh, girl uh, who turns 15. Quinceañera is a tradition. It's, it's more like a Hispanic tradition, if I'm not mistaken. And when the girls turn 15, this is a big deal. Um, we're supposed to celebrate. It's, it's almost like going into womanhood, right, uh, for this girl. Yes. And uh, it's a big deal for families that celebrate and that understand uh, that culture. And this quinceañera, Noelia, lives in the center with her mom, uh, with her siblings, and she happened to turn 15, and, you know, the family could not afford. I mean, they could not afford a home. They, they were homeless until they came to our centers. Um, leave alone spending money and pictures and address and, and everything that involves uh, celebrating uh, a 15 uh, birthday, right? So, Maggie, now that we got that out of the way and that people understand, tell me about your experience with Noelia. Oh, my goodness. And just for um, for you to know and the listeners, um, Americans um, are now in the tradition with the Hispanics, and they celebrate the Sweet 16. Usually when the, the big, big, big event for Hispanics is the 15th, the quinceañera. Yeah. And for um, Americans or when Hispanics cannot celebrate the 15th, they go to the Sweet 16. And okay. it's a big, big, huge event. Um, Hispanics, we go all overboard. It's yeah. a, you know, a big party, and it's it can get pretty pretty expensive. Yeah. Uh, but yes, my experience with Noelia was one of a kind because um, this is um, a time for a young lady celebrating such such a huge event and being. Um, pretty much homeless, you know, yeah. thank, th thank God for you guys that do amazing, amazing things for the community. She was able to have her dream because 99% of the girls dream of their 15s, um, pictures and party. And in her case, she wanted pictures only and that's okay you know every every girl is different uh, but mainly the pictures are always part of the uh, celebration so being part of her special day was just breathtaking for me and such a beautiful girl um, her mom and her siblings um, it, it's just it, it was just a great experience and, and talking about the mom and I know that I mentioned this to you before the mom was so grateful I mean you could see it in her face uh, she told me a couple of times uh, how much she appreciated that we took the time that we brought the volunteers that we made the the dress happen the the brand new shoes the brand new dress uh, the tiara I mean these are details that you know, for someone that yes. know the importance of of having this done, I mean, these are things that not only are needed in the minds of these young girls, but they're so expensive. Am I right, Maya? Yes. So expensive. Yes. Everything. 
Yes, like I said, you know, it's it's a huge event. Yeah. And usually for, for quinceañeras, you want the best of the best. This is like a, a wedding. This is like a pre-wedding. Correct. <laughs> you know, Correct. The, the young girl, it's like it's she's in high school now, so she's a young lady. Soon she'll be graduating from, from high school and going to college. Mm-hmm. That's another milestone. Um, so it's a big thing. It's, it's becoming more of a young lady. You're not anymore in middle school and, you know, playing with dolls and playing. I, I don't know what girls play with nowadays. But <laughs> usually, you know, in middle school, you, you know, you're playing still with dolls. Uh, even if you're hiding from your, from your friends. Yeah, yeah. No, and it's, um, going, it's going into womanhood. It's almost like announcing. Yes. Uh, this young girl to society. That's what it used to do many, many, many years ago, right? Right. And um, the truth is that, again, this was important. This was important to Noelia. Uh, she wanted to get this done. She wanted uh, someone to to take the pictures. That's all she wanted, right? And I sent an email to our cover girls, which is a group of women, volunteers, and w- their focus is to help women and children in our center. Right. So when I send the email to cover girls, I remember that right after, uh, Maggie, and I thank you for that, you write, you wrote back and you say, well, I'm going to remind you that I'm a professional photographer and I want to take the pictures for Noelia. And guys, not for nothing, but out of the whole thing, uh, based on pictures, the, the professional pictures happen to be the most expensive, right? The biggest expense. So you can only imagine my happiness when you send me that email because that was like, oh, my God. It's like getting a response for the most expensive item that I needed right away, right? But you didn't <sighs> stop there. A few days later, you, you send me another email and you say, guess what? I got you the makeup person. I got someone who does makeup, Hanel, who's amazing, and I, I'm going to connect her with you. And when I talked to her, she's like, yes, I want to do it. I'm happy. And then it didn't stop there. Hanel tells me, oh, guess what? I have the person who's going to do Noelia's hair. And it was like from one thing to another thing to another thing. And the power of the community coming together, you guys. And, oh, my God, I mean, you're amazing. How how did you manage to do all that and so fast? Uh, it, it's It's building relationships me and hanel we've done um some previous work for the community we did a wedding for this lady that had cancer and sadly she passed away so imagine this is something that her family will treasure for life yes um you know i I even did a, a small video and it was a surprise for them because they were not expecting, um, you know, video can be really expensive as well. There's a lot of work um, done with, with video. Um, and um, I just surprised them. And when I heard that she had passed away, um, it was just, like, really, really sad for me. Um, wow. wow. But at the same time, you know, these are the things that we're going to give somebody. I mean, life is so short. And when you get out of your own way to help somebody else, it also helps you. So when you build relationships, 
you know, like right away, I thought, oh, Hanel, let me call her. I know she will do the makeup. She won't even think twice to say yes. And, <laughs> and she did it. Love about Hanel, and she did it. <laughs> and she didn't think twice. You know, she's amazing. We're going to interview her as well. Now, Mai, I don't want to run out of time here. Tell me about your business because I want our listeners to support you in any way they can. Tell me about Mai's business uh, with professional photography. Well, um, I specialize in personal branding and fine art photography. I started as a newborn photographer, and um, I also do video. Um, I used to work for my local church, and I was in charge of, um, not in charge, but I worked with the team uh, doing videos. So I do personal branding, meaning I do headshots, and we do something above and beyond headshots, and that's brand um the personal brand and that's where we build your business uh brand now for those people that are there our listeners that want to support you how can they find you they oh the easiest way my website mayilen it's m-a-y-i-l-e-n-z.com and everything links to all my social media accounts are there absolutely thank you so much Maggie. i follow you in instagram Uh, it's very easy, like you say, but if you were driving our listeners and you couldn't get Maya's information, I want you to please call me here at the Mission, Leanne, and I will give you all the information for Maya. Maya, thank you for joining us. We love you, and we thank you so much for your time today. Uh, no, thank you. Thank you for all the amazing work that you guys do with the community. Leanne Navarro here, the Senior Community Development Associate at the Caring Place at the Miami Rescue Mission and Broward Outreach Centers. Today we have on the phone with us Stephanie White. She's one of our Cover Girl supporters. Stephanie, thank you so much for joining us. How are you doing? I'm doing great. So nice to talk to you again. Oh, my God. Same here, Stephanie. And you know what? You know I follow you on social media. Uh, we follow each other, right? We support one yes. another. Um, this is so important. You're doing something amazing. I want everyone to know about the event that you are planning. I love it already. I've been reading upon the details that you're posting, and I simply love everything about this event. So tell us about the event that you're doing. Sure. Uh, the name of the event is called the Queen's Table of Hospitality. And I have been in the hospitality industry for well over 18 years. And this is something that's very dear and near to my heart. Um, I've had mentors who kind of helped me to guide me through this industry of hospitality. And then there are some wonderful, wonderful women. Um, and they're minority women who have made an impact in this industry of hospitality. And we are honoring them. We stand on the shoulders of these major, major pioneers in our industry. And um, I, I can, if I can tell you all of the honorees, we have Connie Kennard, who is at the GMCVB. We have Melanie um, um, Fleury, who's a, a, a educator at Booker T. Washington. We have uh, some really, really renowned like uh, uh, individuals. And the reason we're doing this is I found out that about 1.6% of our minority women actually advance to upper management in our hospitality industry. So this is very, very important. They may not be, get recognized in their, in our, you know, our industry, um, at their companies or things like that, but we're taking the time on March 27th, 
uh, that's a Sunday at 3 p.m. to honor these young ladies, and I'm saying young ladies, these young women, um, for for everything that they've done and everything they've put out into our industry. We have some students who are coming from the high schools. We have some college students who are interested in hospitality, and we want to make sure that they know that we have representation in our minority women in the hospitality industry. We want them to see it firsthand. So I love it. It's going to be a very, very yes. yes. I, I, <laughs> I totally, totally agree. I mean, I've been seeing again everything you've been posting. I love it that you're doing in the month of March. I mean, just in time mm -hmm. to recognize, you know, the the month of women history, and uh, yeah, to recognize and to elevate and uplift these women in the industry. That, like you say, they may not know that there is so much growth and there is so much impact that they can have in our community. I And you do have, I mean, Natalie Parker, I know her. Uh, she's amazing. I mean, you have yes. people here that would be in attendance. Uh, that it's, it's pretty incredible. Now, for those that are listening, our listeners here now, um, so a few questions for you. Is this event only for women? No, it's not only for women. We want everybody to come. It's just because of this particular uh, genre, we want to make sure that all of the honorees are women. But we welcome all of the men to come in, all of the young men. Um, I actually have some of my students from Booker T. High, uh, Washington High School who are coming for our young men as well because they want to see this as well. So. Absolutely. And hospitality. It's open for I mean, everyone. Yes. And hospitality is an industry that is, is growing. It's always growing. There is always so much to do there. Um, and, oh, my God, why not, right? So Sunday, March 27th at 3 p.m. Now, how anyone who's listening, how can they get the tickets for this event? Of course. So I have a website. It's www.stephaniewhite.com, and I use my name because it's easy, but let me spell it for you. It's S-P-E-S is -E in Frank, A-N-I-E, white, and that's the color. And you can go to, to that page, and you can uh, find all of the information. It'll be at Newport Beachside Hotel and Resort um, on March 27th at 3 p.m., and tickets are available. Tables, we have vendor spots that are available. So please, please reach out. I would love to invite everyone who's listening to come out and see what we are doing with these women and supporting these women on that day. This is going to be a beautiful event. Thank you for joining us. And if anybody did not get the information because you're driving or you're busy, I have it. You can contact Leanne at The Caring Place, and I will give you the information. Stephanie, thank you for joining us. Thank you for all that you do. Thank you so much for having me. Well, as we do different interviews on the program, sometimes we're talking to community leaders, but we always have that special portion where we talk to people who are going through life change or they're an alumni where they um, have the story where they have been to the Miami Rescue Mission or Broward Outreach Centers and now they're a graduate. But today, I'm actually going to talk to a wonderful resident. Uh, her name is Greta. And uh, she is part of the Miami Rescue Mission Center for Women and Children. And before we say too much more, I'm going to say welcome to the program, Greta. Thank you so very much. Well, Greta, you do have a story that is heart uh, rendering. Um, it is impactful. And, uh, you know, when I talk to our women and our men, many times I cry because it, it is so hurtful to hear uh, the heartache that sometimes we go through in life. And uh, you've been here for a couple of months, but let's go back into your story. Uh, you actually are from Georgia, and then you moved to Miami, but let's maybe tell about why you did come to Miami and there was a special person in your life. <laughs> 
Yes, there there was a special person in my life, and it was my late fiance that I connected with while he was up in Georgia, and he was there for a convention. And previously before that, we met through Facebook. And when he came to the convention up in Georgia, we reconnected again. And ever since then, we talked on the phone and chatted and everything. Then I decided to, you know, make the move from Georgia to Miami, Florida to be with my late fiance. And we had some good times and some bad times, but just like any other people would. But sometime this year, I've lost my late fiance. And after that, it threw me in for a loop. Now, let's just, before you really get into that part, which is really um, very sad, but let's um, explain that when you actually did come he was working here in Miami, so he was providing for the bills, um, but really wasn't established in the fact that he had his own apartment because uh, you were living in a motel room. So what was that kind of an experience? Well, it was a different experience that I've experienced before, you know, from the time I lived in Georgia to now live, me living here in Florida. And, you know... It was just totally different, and I was trying to find a job mm -hmm. here so we could try to, you know, move out of that situation into, like, a, a studio apartment or mm -hmm. just a regular apartment or a house, mm -hmm. but it was still going through the economy stage. Well, it was still somewhat hard for anybody to try to get a job because I tried to put in applications through so many places and they told me that I'm sorry but we already got the people that we need or they say give us a few months and call us back which I did and it just never came up mm -hmm. so you have experience in, in uh, food service so you, you can either work in a restaurant or um, fast food or, you know, one of those places where you're dealing with people and you're dealing with food. So you do have that experience in your background. So at the time, um, you, you were seeking a job. He had a job. At least he was paying the very basic of the bills and you were eating and, uh, you were, you did have shelter, but it wasn't maybe the best shelter. And then you were thrown for a loop and I'm going to uh, stop right now. And we're going to come back with the rest of your story, Greta. So please don't turn that dial because the last five minutes is going to be where you're really going to hear what happened to Greta. Well, I'm back with Greta. Greta is in the midst of telling her story, how she had met up with her fiancé. Uh, she had moved from Georgia to Florida. They were living in a motel room, trying to better themselves. He had a job. She's looking for a job. And then Greta something really terrible happened and what was that i've lost my late fiance and it threw me in for a loop and after i lost him now what what really happened what happened was that he passed away from a heart failure and high blood pressure now was that was he actually at home with you or was he at work at home and i seen him pass away in front of me mm -hmm. and that was 
really, really tragic for me. But after the we called the police. I called the police, and the police and medical examiners came by and took his body. And while the medical examiner was taking his body, the police people decided to write down some phone numbers about different shelters. And the first shelter that I started to call was the Miami Rescue Mission Center for Women and Children. So I called them either on a Wednesday or Thursday, I forgot who I talked to, and they told me to come in on the following Monday to get myself intaked, which I did. And when I was talking to my caseworker, I was still in emotional wreck because of me losing my late fiancé. So she helped me out with different avenues of which I can go to, and I was still lost. Mm -hmm. So I was thankful that I went to a church called New Jerusalem Primitive Baptist Church, and they were asking if anybody wanted to come to the altar to, you know, either have a prayer or join a service to come on up. And I did come on up, and I was crying so badly, mm -hmm. and I was asking God to shed his light and help me out ever since then things was coming things been coming up really great for me because i have god in my life number one as always and i have people i can talk to and i'm also seeing a therapist because i had depression in my mm -hmm. life mm -hmm. throughout my life right and also i'm also seeing a substance abuse counselor because from the age of 18 all the way down to 41 on off and on I was having problems with alcohol mm -hmm. and I just recently celebrated two and a half months of being clean and sober from yay. alcohol I, I think everybody should clap on and off air yay thank you Greta that's wonderful and also I'm finally getting the help I need by speaking to a therapist and I'm so thankful for the Miami Rescue Mission Center for Women and Children, especially the staff and the managers there for helping me out. And although there are going to be rocky roads ahead, I definitely feel I can make it. One of my goals is to, you know, finally find a stable job mm -hmm. that I could have and therefore, you know, start a savings account and finally have a place of my own because mm -hmm. throughout my years, I lived with so many people. But I want to show my family and my friends that I could be independent wow. and have a place of my own that I could, you know, s sleep in a bed and wake up in the morning and say, thank you, God, mm -hmm. for letting me live another beautiful day. Well, Greta, I couldn't say it any better, and that's your real story, and uh, God bless you for being able to share that. I know someone who is listening needed to hear that, that there is hope no matter what you're going through. And we're just going to continue to pray for you uh, that God is going to open up that job. And, you know, permanent housing at the Miami Rescue Mission is a very important aspect. And I'm just going to uh, jump in and say, you know, we have a group called Girlfriends for Girlfriends, and they raise money so that we can buy those permanent housing projects, which they have bought one, a four-unit. Now we're, in, we're raising money to finish renovating. And we want women and children to be able to be independent and uh, stand on their own two feet. And when they find that right person in their life, yes, go ahead and, you know, establish that relationship. But until that time, you and God uh, can make it together. So thank you, Greta, uh, for sharing your story and being so brave today. Thank you so much. And also thank you 
for letting me share my story, and God bless everybody. Wow, what a great testimony from Greta. You know, that's what it's all about in our centers every single day. You know, we're serving hundreds and hundreds of people every day, thousands of people during the course of a month, tens of thousands during a course of a year with all the outreaches and, and things that we do. And yet it comes down to that one person and a grateful person and people that see a new possibility in their life. You know, when you're homeless or you're in trouble or maybe you're a woman that's uh, being beaten up and you're afraid to leave, uh, you feel worthless, you feel hopeless, you feel like there's nothing can change in your life, and yet you can start that little bit of spark, that little bit of hope, and then that can change your entire life, and that's what we do here every single day. You know, we can't do it without you. In April, we're returning to pre-COVID conditions a little bit. Uh, we normally have our Thanksgiving on Good Friday celebration and our centers in Miami and Broward. We close the street down. We have music, entertainment. We have volunteers coming out to serve the meals, uh, giveaways, and also we invite the homeless that are in the communities or, uh, that surrounding our centers and through the, through the um, uh, radius of where we can reach out effectively, and we invite them to come. And many that day i know we'll, we'll make the decision to come off the street normally we have anywhere between 30 and 50 men and women will say you know something i'm tired of being on the streets i'm tired of being sick and tired these people seem to be nice uh, i've been here before but i never made that decision but today i'm making the decision i want to see if I, my, my life can be changed and they come and not not everybody will stick but there are people that will stay, and that's what really is the big blessing. And people that do leave, they know that they, they know who we are. They know that we care about them. They know that God loves them. They know that the community loves them. And uh, they have no excuse not to be able to see people be successful. They have to make that, that, that step of faith to say, you know something, can I do this? And then the next day, and our program is pretty much goal-oriented. So it's not just come in and uh, stay for 30 days or 60 days and you're done. Uh, there's goals and steps that people have to, to go through to get to the next level and get to the next level. And then all the, the, the big goal is that no one is homeless. That's our vision. And that people have uh, apartment, affordable housing in the community and they have jobs and that their life is much better. Now, you can help us. We have our Thanksgiving on Good Friday. It's going to be in April, right on Good Friday. And you can help us change lives by going to caringplace.org slash Easter. That's caringplace.org slash Easter for $2.10. $21 will feed 10 people uh, during Easter and beyond and really help us make uh, help people change their lives. I have said this and others have said it. It maybe gets old, but I do believe that hope often begins with a meal. You know, people come to us out of desperation. Uh, many, do, you, you know, you look at the homeless that you see during the course of uh, your travels. You may see someone begging on the corner at a gas station, or maybe they're even somebody's laying on a bus bench, or someone is talking to the sky. And and you think somebody can can beg all day? Uh, can't they get a job? You know, if they can beg, I'm not giving them anything. And these people need to get a job. Well, you don't know the rest of the story. Many of those people that we that we see on the streets are suffering from mental illness. It's not just drug addiction. It's just not just because they want to be on the street. Uh, it's very, very complicated. You know, they have uh, drug addiction. Did that come first? That caused the mental illness? Did the mental illness lead to the, the self-medication of drugs? That's a fine line. No one seems to really have an answer. But we do know that more more people are suffering from mental illness and that are on the streets. 
And so that makes it very difficult for them, even though they can uh, function well for a few hours, but then it, it, it could be days they can't function or they, they get uh, so addicted that they just stay in a stupor and then they'll go back out and beg again until they get enough money. So it's very, very complicated. But people are not going to change, I don't believe, unless people can encourage them and give them a place to change. And that's what we do every single day. Uh, we're serving hundreds of people in our centers. And as we go out and post-COVID, we want to impact our community as well. You can make a big, huge difference uh, by going to caringplace.org slash Easter. Find out more about us. Become a volunteer. You know, we're opening up our volunteer slots again. Well, God bless you. Stay safe. And we'll see you next Sunday right here on News Radio 610 WIOD for more Mission Possible. This podcast was presented by the Miami Rescue Mission Broward Outreach Centers, also known as The Caring Place. 